3: The warmth of Fredo and the coldness of Michael.
2: To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips.
4: When I
3: walked in, I
4: didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie
2: on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
4: I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States.
5: Covering the live betting angles for every game. This is vSin live bet tonight with Femi Abebafe. And he had a voice that could make a Wolverine purr on vSIN the Sports Betting Network.
6: Well, that's actually perfect because typically it's live bet tonight, but instead you're getting a healthy dose of the Greg Peterson experience on your Thanksgiving Day plate right here on vSIN the Sports Betting Network. Three hours earlier, but all the funk that you typically get from midnight to 3 a.m. Eastern time, 9 to midnight Pacific time. And hey, if you're listening to a replay, you might be listening to this at normal time as well. And loading up your Thanksgiving plate, we've got a trio of great guests who are going to be joining me as in a little bit over an hour. We're going to be taking a look at what is going to be a terrific college football slate with Mark Zeno. He does absolutely amazing work over there at PixWise, taking a look at the great game of college football. So we're going to have some fun there. Got to get you guys filled in with some football. we have got Tom Casale joining me. He's going to be giving us a little bit in terms of the college football card as well, but does a great job over at Action. Now we're taking a look at both of those sports, and he, much like myself, a lover of college basketball, and we're also going to be joined by Adam Rosenberg. Does a great job over there just taking a look at at a little bit of everything. We're going to be diving into some betting strategy, what we're all noticing in terms of social media and just sports betting and how that has taken off as well so we've got three great hours that is going to be coming up and today it certainly is a day to be thankful because it is thanksgiving if you're listening to this live if you're listening to a replay hopefully you did have a wonderful thanksgiving as i'm sure that many of you have already wrapped up your meals hey some of you guys might be much like myself i'm going to be eating thanksgiving dinner probably at like Friday at 1 a.m. because I've got a big college basketball board that I'm going to be breaking down doing for my college basketball podcast. But with that said, we want to first just wish all of you guys very, very well on this day. And I recognize that some of you guys, much like myself, have to work. We've got to give credit where credit is due to everyone behind the scenes that make things just so great here at Visa. My wonderful producer, Jason, I mean, they... It's not just me working holidays. It's these fine fe- people behind the scenes. You've got Jeff, my my audio engineer. You've also got the man that does all the graphics that you're seeing here on VEASAN.com. YouTube TV list goes on and on with Nick. They have taken out the time. They are putting together a terrific show. So that way you're able to be with your family or loved ones. And I know that some of you guys, you might be Uber drivers. I know that there are many people that are nurses, doctors, those You can't take off for the holidays and those sorts of things. I've got an aunt and an uncle that are farmers, so I know very well all of you guys that work this holiday. You are not forgotten about. I am thankful for all of you guys. I'm thankful for everyone that served this great nation as well. So there's a lot to be thankful for. And when it comes to the betting board in terms of being thankful, now that we got out of the way, the fine folks that do an amazing job, and I can't speak enough about the folks I just mentioned because they are the backbone of this country, but... That's said, Something that you could be thankful for is what we're right now seeing in terms of some of the trends in college basketball, NFL, list goes on and on. We are doing this as we don't know the final of the Vikings versus the versus the New England Patriots game. But it's really not involved in terms of this, because what I've really noticed in the NFL is that these underdogs of north of seven points, they just continue to bark and they bark very, very loudly. You saw that in the two games involving demonstrative favorites as the Buffalo Bills, they get it done, but they don't cover against the Detroit Lions by a count of 28 to 25 and the New York Giants. In the bets giving contest, myself and Jason, we settled on the under in this game. And I mean, I think we both would agree. This was a solid call that just didn't get there. 28 to 20, the Giants on a very, very late touchdown, able to get it done and boy anyone that that has been betting the favorites this year you know that the back door has been wide open and it has been a little bit rough but these big underdogs of north of a touchdown they have continued to hit at north of a 60 percent clip this NFL season it has been rambunctious it has been absolutely crazy and if you even just separate it out I'm talking about these big underdogs that are north of a touchdown Like you're even able to go more than, I would say, three points. But underdogs overall, this NFL season hitting at 57% right now as it stands 91-69-6, and depending upon your closing numbers. Some of you guys might have been able to get an extra win. Some of you guys might have an extra loss for the favorite slashy underdogs. So that's a little bit to debate, but you're in that neighborhood of 57% in terms of underdogs in the NFL, and it just... Really shows what a little bit of strategy is when it comes to sports betting in general, because we've really noticed this across the board in college basketball. College basketball, we have seen the underdogs hitting at about fifty-two percent thus far this season. The NBA, you're able to take a look at a little bit of a different sport. Underdogs hitting at about fifty-two point six percent this season. Obviously, when it comes to a moneyline sport like hockey, like the MB, like the MLB, you're not gonna find that much of a rate just because all you're doing is picking a team outright. You're not looking at something like, say, point spread. Although, if you looked at the MLB in terms of the run line this year, you also noticed that the team that was getting a run and half, they were able to do a very solid job on that front as well. And obviously, when it comes to something like hockey, the MLB, you're able to take a look at those big money line underdogs. Like in the MLB, if you were laying north of $3, boy, you got totally cooked. It, to use a little bit of a Thanksgiving term when it came to taking those during the 2022 season. But it just shows a parity right now. That we are seeing in the NFL. There really shouldn't be, in my opinion, one team that is just demonstratively atop of everyone else when it comes to the Super Bowl odds. And I think that we are very much seeing that as things have evened out quite a bit. It was the Buffalo Bills and then just everyone else in terms of odds win the Super Bowl just a few short weeks ago. And then the Bills, they've really been faltering a little bit. And I do think that this could be one of these seasons in which. We do see one of these teams that is a little bit more under the radar. I would say that you've got a big three in terms of the Chiefs, the Bills, and the Eagles. And that right now bears itself out in the DraftKings odds to be able to win the Super Bowl market. Eagles are at plus 550. The Chiefs are at plus 450. And the Bills are at four to one. But I take a look at some of these teams on the board. The Miami Dolphins, they feel undervalued at this point. They're at 18 to one. The Baltimore Ravens at 11 to one. I like what I'm seeing there and I'm going to be getting into my Circa millions contest card in a little bit. I'll give you guys what I've got for this week, as I do every week on the Greg Peterson experience. And it does involve this Vikings versus Patriots game. So Hopefully by the end of the show, I will let you guys know if that, that has won or lost. But when it comes to just trusting in some of these teams, I do think that teams that just show you something teams that consistently week in a week out they're not putting out there, for lack of a better term, a complete and utter clunker, I think that that's very important, and that's why it's sort of taken a liking to these two teams in the Dolphins and the Ravens. With the Ravens, they have led by double figures in every single one of their games this season. Less than a savory game against the Carolina Panthers? Absolutely, but you can't really take a look at a Ravens game and be like, man, this team was just getting completely lambasted. At no point in the game were they where they just compl- at no point in the game ever, have they really been completely out of it? And I think that that's just a very important attribute because we've seen that with our near all these teams where they just have these really, really big brain farts and, or they get completely blasted in a few games with the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah. They only have one loss, but a game against the Colts. It was very, very hairy that game against Washington Redskins or the Washington commanders stellar in the till for me, but with that game, it was just a case where they had a little bit of bad luck, but still they were sort of creating their own bad luck as well. And even with the Kansas City Chiefs, yes, this Kansas City Chiefs team is getting the job done, and if I had to pick a Super Bowl winner right now, I would go with the Kansas City Chiefs. You've got Patrick Mahomes. We know full well what he's able to do in crunch time. We saw that on Sunday Night Football against the against the LA Chargers, so you know what he's going to be able to do. Two minutes on the clock tie game, little bit of a deficit. That is a guy that is going to get the job done darn near every single time. But when it comes to these other teams are just sort of floating out there. I do think that there's a lot of value. Keep in mind last year, we saw the Cincinnati Bengals make the Super Bowl. It is very, very well possible. And with the LA Rams, they were in that just murderous row of an NFC West in which there was just so much competition. If things just break even a little bit wrong for them, that dropped interception in the game against the 49ers. If Stafford doesn't make that bomb of a pass against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, you're looking at something different. Now, if ifs were fifths, we would all be drunk, but you know what? There's a lot of value, in my opinion, right now on some of these lesser teams, and I do think that it's going to cause for a lot of value on these underdogs if you're looking at a little bit more of a game-to-game perspective as well, because I do think that once you get into the NFL playoffs, it's really going to be a case of anything can happen. Home field advantage, it's going to be very big, but... I do not feel safe right now laying anything north of three and a half, unless if you get a really, really good spot, like for Thanksgiving, if I was looking to lay it with a favorite, I was probably looking at the Cowboys, one in which I'm sure many of you guys listening, if you laid the points with Cowboys, you're feeling very, very salty. That indigestion that you were getting from the Turkey might be lingering into the wallet. And that is something that you do not want. And we are going to try our very, very best as, I think I had the lights flicker on me as well. They're trying to turn out the lights because they know that there were many, many people that were betting on the Cowboys. But with that said, I do think that when it comes to just taking a look at these spots, you don't want to be like exclusively being like, oh, I'm just going to take the points every single time. But in my opinion, if you had to like a big favorite before laying it before, now, in my opinion, you need to really, really like that favorite before laying it. And I can tell you right now, in terms of my Cirque Millions card, I've got multiple teams that I was want to lay a little bit more than a three with this week, but certainly not a case where I want to be laying these big giant points. And when it comes to just this card in general for this week, I think that there's a lot of fascinating games. It's a lot of teams where the rubber's going to meet the road, and typically in week 12 of the NFL, you're starting to get a little bit of an idea as to who some of those fringe teams are going to be slash are not going to be for the NFL playoffs and. I still feel like things are way more open this year than they've been in the past. Certainly the Philadelphia Eagles are going to be able to make the playoffs, a team like the Buffalo Bills, but there's just so many teams with an opportunity right now that has happened with the advent of the new wildcard spot and makes things all the more impressive and it makes things just all the more rambunctious and we are going to have a great time next, taking a look at this card with Tom Casale. He does amazing work over there at the Action Network, and we're going to get his picks for week 12 in the NFL up next, right here on the Greg Peterson Experience on VSIN, the Sports Banking Network.
2: Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: You're experiencing Hoops Peterson himself on FSN, the sports betting network.
6: You do not have to wait until after Thanksgiving to score a great Black Friday deal. With VSIN because VSIN Pro annual subscribers get a $30 credit to the VSIN store. With VSIN Pro access, you get daily recaps of the top plays made by VSIN show hosts and guests, tools like our betting splits that let you know where the money and the bets are going to be moving for every single game, and a deep dive on daily betting reports, plus our upcoming college and Super Bowl betting guides. The VSIN store is a great place to shop for VSIN sports betting. Hats, shirts, mugs, and other great gear. Hurry up because this is a limited time Black Friday offers to sign up for the perfect sports betting holiday gift at Visa.com slash subscribe. We're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience on Visa, the Sports Betting Network. Great to be joined by Tom Casali, Does amazing work over at Action Network. And Tom, it is always great to have you aboard. Thank you.
5: Oh, thanks for having me, Greg. Happy Thanksgiving.
6: Happy Thanksgiving to you, Tom. And Tom, we're on about three hours earlier, so... Some people might be a little bit unfamiliar with what we do with you every single week, but you got one play that we can always bank on in the NFL, and we're going to be going back to it once again because there's no reason to back off at this point. It paid off once again last week, and hey, if you took the money line last week, it paid off very well. But we've got the Denver Broncos and the Carolina Panthers. This total was at a very sad 35 for much of the week. It has gone all the way up to a whopper of 36, and. The Panthers are a two-point underdog. What are you taking a look at this in terms of this game? Because this might be one of the worst games of the NFL season.
5: Yeah, you know, Greg, I'm a simple man. If if it's broke, you know, don't fix it. If it's not broke, don't fix it. Right? The fading Nathaniel Hackett has been very profitable for me this season. I mean, the guy has lost twice to Josh McDaniels. Uh, that's not even humanly possible. I, I can't even. I, I even I liked the Broncos last week. Figuring by the odds would tell you that he would even the score with McDaniel's. The guy continues to find ways to lose. I don't even know if I can blame him anymore because he's just standing there. <laughs> I mean, he's not hes not taking – they hired someone to, to, to take care of end-of-game management and, and the clock. They hired someone to call plays, and uh, he's just standing there at this point. You know, I, I just think – I feel this is a game maybe that the Broncos don't show up. They, they, they've been close in all these games, and again, they found a new ways to lose last week against the Raiders. I mean, just an awful, awful Raiders team. The, the thing you can say about the Panthers is they're still fighting hard, especially on defense. You know, they kept that game close with Baltimore. This is going to be a low scoring game. I think it's going to go under that low total too, but you know, I'm just worried that one of these weeks, the players are just going to say we're getting a new coach next year. They're mentally checked out. I'm going to keep riding it. I'm going to go with the Panthers plus the two points.
6: Yeah, but I can't blame you there. It's just a case of which you got to keep going with it until it does not come through. And This is something that is strange to me. I don't know if you've bet this or not, but I just keep taking a look at the Titans. They keep covering and the money keeps coming in against them right now. In some spots, we're finding the Bengals as a three point favorite on a lot of spots. It's a two and a half, but where I sit here at circa, we're finding one of the lone threes with the Bengals and the total on this game is anywhere between 43 and 43 and a half. I understand having trepidations with taking the Titans, but I just don't see why this team is coming in on the Bengals and I myself am looking at the Titans be able to win this game outright.
5: Yeah, it's weird. I mean, the Titans and the Patriots are the same team, right? The, 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 what they have in their advantage is they're, they're well coached and they always come to play. You, you almost never get a dud from the Patriots or the Titans. I mean, they, they might get beat. The other team might have more talent, but they always show up prepared, especially on the defensive side of the ball. They know what the other team's doing. That's why I think odds makers have such a hard time with the Titans. I mean, I'll be honest with you. I bet under the Titans win total, uh, got burned again, Rabel, a great coach, easy division, and they just keep winning games. I I understand the power rankings. It kind of reminds me of like Texas in college football, right? The Texas is like a 10 point favorite every week because the odds makers love them. Yeah. I understand they might have the Bengals rated higher, but at home getting points. I like Tennessee, uh, you know, and the other thing about Vrabel and Belichick's teams is they start to play better as the year goes on. So I would expect a really good performance from Tennessee at home this week.
6: I would as well. And, I know that you fade Nathaniel Hackett and the Broncos so much due to bad coaching. I feel like you're going to be doing it with this team as well. We've got the Raiders and the Seattle Seahawks. Very unfortunate last week that one of those coaches, I guess, had to win. You could have gotten a tie, and that would have been very fitting for what we've seen out of Mr. McDaniels and Mr. Nathaniel Hackett. But that said, in terms of what we're seeing in Seattle and Vegas mostly seeing three and a halfs out there with the Seattle Seahawks being a favorite. I'm seeing a few straight fours popping up on the board total on this game. Same routine, 47 and a half and 48. It feels to me like bookmakers don't give enough credit for this 12th man with Seattle, because there's always the old mantra of you get three points for having home field advantage. I think that it should be a little bit more for Seattle. I mean, that crowd is absolutely deafening and, If you're telling me that on a neutral field, the Seahawks are within about a point or so of the Raiders, I just feel like that's way off. I like the Seahawks in this spot. I feel like you're sort of in lockstep with me, but take me through this one because this feels like a strange line and it feels like the Raiders just continue to be overvalued.
5: Yeah, I agree, and I think the Seahawks are similar to Tennessee, right? They weren't projected to be good this year. They're still not getting respect. I really like this spot for Seattle. They're coming home. You know, they they lost that game to Tampa Bay. Uh, back home, where they're where they're always tough. They're, they've been playing well all year, and. Whatever is wrong with the Raiders did not get fixed last week. Like you said, one of those teams had to win. That's all that was. I still saw awful coaching on both sides of the ball. Uh, You know, I still think there's a lot of problems there in Vegas. And just because they won last week, I don't think that's going to start to turn around. Now you go to a really tough place to play in Seattle. The Seahawks fighting for a division uh, title. I love this spot for the Seahawks. I make them around like minus five, five and a half. So sitting there at three and a half, I think you're getting a couple of points of value. Uh, I think they win big this weekend.
6: Yep, I agree with you. I do like the Seattle Seahawks in this spot as well. And you mentioned something very interesting because I know that we've went to it for a few of the teams that you're looking to bet with the Seattle Seahawks. Them being just a little bit undervalued, the Titans them being undervalued and a lot of it goes back to preseason. When it comes to this time of year, I think that you need to throw everything that you expected to mm-hmm. see in the preseason completely out the window. You have to be going on the data points that we've got because it's so longer like, oh, we've got a three game sample size. You know what? There's a little bit of variance here and there, but once you get to week 11, week 12, list goes on and on. I think that it needs to be entirely what we're seeing right now. Are you sort of in locks up with that in terms of your handicapping style? Because I think that anyone that's trying to hold on to preseason projections, that boat is just gone.
5: Oh, a hundred percent. I mean, we're only a few weeks into the college basketball season. And I'm already <laughs> changing projections. I mean, I'm like, boy, this Northern Kentucky team, I don't know. I might've might been wrong about them. So yeah, I don't think you can hate. I think you got to adjust. Like one of the things about the Broncos is they get pro money all the time. Right. Cause I understand. Well, yeah, they have talent and they were, but the thing is, is the Broncos have an all time bad coach. An all-time bad coach, so I think you have to factor that kind of stuff in. And the Seahawks, right? Listen, nobody expected their quarterback to play like this. He he's been phenomenal all season long. And the Titans, the, I mean, the Titans do it every year, so that that, that shouldn't be a shock, right? I, I mean, I watch I watch that game against the Chiefs. And I think they got one first down in the second half, and I'm like, how in the heck are they winning this game? But so yeah, no, I agree 100. percent. I do it all the time in college sports to. Uh, Sometimes the thought process you have in the preseason just isn't right on a team. And the quicker you make the adjustment, I, I think the better off you are long term.
6: Oh, I'm right there with you. Sometimes you get a few bets wrong during the beginning part of the season. There's no reason to chase that and be like, oh, we're <laughs> going to get right eventually. And then. You'll have those people, especially when it comes to baseball as well, where you lose like 10 bets on a pitcher, yeah. but it's like, we got bet number 11 guys. We are only <laughs> down nine units now instead of 10. It's like, that's not a reason to be throwing a parade. The parade should have been thrown one after like lost number three. You're like, all right, we're going to make a little bit of an adjustment yeah. here. So I am right there with you. And then how much do you adjust for this? Just because a lot of strangers in this game, it is the jets and it is the Chicago bears. The bears are currently find themselves as a six point underdog. And I think the biggest handicap is whether or not Justin Fields goes, because if Fields goes, I think you've got actually good value here getting six, despite the fact that the jets made a quarterback change, but with fields, when you're hearing about AC joints and things like that, that has me feeling very, very bad about his chances of playing in this game. And you got to feel like the Bears, a team that doesn't have a lot going for them right now, they are not going to be shy about resting Justin Fields if there's even a hint that he might be relatively hurt.
5: Yeah, this one's a tough one because of the the injury angle. You know, I don't see much with a quarterback change from the Jets, right? Like, okay, they have at least close to a championship caliber defense. We know that. They've played phenomenal all season. Robert Sala can coach defense. The issue's been quarterback play. It's been sustaining drives, keeping the offense on the field, finishing drives. How's this quarterback change going to Diff, you know, make, make a difference. I just don't see it. It's just going from, okay, maybe bad to slightly less worse. So yeah, I, I would keep an eye on this. I, I think if fields doesn't play, it could turn ugly. Cause the jets defense is so good that you feed a backup quarterback to them. And, and I think that that could get ugly with turnovers and stuff. If fields does play, I think it changes his things close game. And I would lean towards the bears.
6: Yep. You gotta be taking a look at field status. That is absolutely massive. And what else is massive is the uh, just enormity of these college football games for this weekend. And we're going to be talking about those next with Tom Castelli of Action Network right here on the Greg Peterson Experience on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network.
5: You're experiencing Hoops Peterson himself on VSN, the Sports Betting Network.
6: Warning that this is a product that contains nicotine and nicotine. It is an addictive chemical as this is a Greg Peterson experience right here on v presented by Zen nicotine Pouches. The surprisingly simple way to enjoy nicotine. Most nicotine pouches are either too complicated to use or they don't provide the satisfaction that you're looking for. But Zen Pouches might surprise you. Zen is made with six simple ingredients and is completely tobacco leaf free. Plus it offers up to one hour of nicotine satisfaction per pouch. Buy Zinn online or find a store that is nearest you at Zinn.com. That is Z-Y-N.com as it is a great Peterson experience on Visa. The Sports Bank Network being rejoined by Tom Casale. He does great work over at Action Network. And Tom, we did a great job last segment taking a look at these Sunday NFL games. Let's take a look at college, though, because I do want to see a little bit of an expanded playoff. But what is nice about what we've got right now is that We've got so much as riding on these games this week, like the Notre Dame versus USC game, which we're going to be diving into in a few minutes. That's big, but this one is mammoth as well. Michigan versus Ohio State. Ohio State, they've moved back to, in most spots, an eight-point favorite. This is a total that is hovering anywhere between 56 and 56.5, 56 and I take a look at this spot, and I think that Ohio State should be able to get the job done, thus pretty much ensuring that they're going to be able to make the college football playoff, but... I take a look at this Michigan defense. I do think that they're going to be able to slow down Ohio State, a test unlike any that they've really seen this season. And I do think that it's going to be really tough for Ohio State to be able to cover the spread. Anything north of a touchdown, I'm in on Michigan, along with an under for me too. But where do you stand on this game? Because I think that it's really a contrast of styles. And if you like Ohio State to cover, you probably like the over a little bit more than, say, a Michigan better.
5: This last week, I took the seven and a half with Michigan, and I actually said when I put it in, hopefully there won't be any injuries. Um, boy, talk about one that came back to bite me, because Blake Corum being hurt is was, is a big deal, right? Um, this is why I like Michigan, and I still kind of like them. Uh, Both my kids play offensive line, and uh, I love watching offensive line play now. And that game against Penn State might have been the best run-blocked game I've ever seen from an offensive line. They get into you and they move you, and that's Ohio State's weakness. Ohio State against power teams doesn't always get off blocks, and Michigan blocks as well as anybody from the tight end position to the line to the backs, everybody, the receivers. So that's why I kind of like Michigan to keep this close. I will say this though, they're gonna have to play from ahead. The I don't know I don't know if McCarthy can make plays. I mean he looks lost out there. I, I was expecting him to progress a lot more throughout the season. So it's gonna be a very interesting game because if Ohio State jumps out early, I think Michigan's in trouble. But if Michigan can take that haymaker, because Ohio State's gonna come out hot, they got blown out last year, you know Harbaugh can't keep his mouth shut, said some things, so you know it's gonna be, it's gonna be a volatile situation, they're gonna come out hot, can Michigan withstand that early blow, if they can, I think they can slow the game down with a rushing attack and stay within the number. But the quorum injury is obviously big uh, because he is a big part of the offense.
6: Yep. And something that goes under the radar line play because it determines so many of these games. We always focus on the skill position guys, mm-hmm. but it's the big uglies up front that typically decide a lot of games. And when it comes to the big uglies up front for USC on the defensive side of things, not so great offense. Very, very good as USC versus Notre Dame is a whopper for this week with USC currently being a five and a half point favorite turtles between 64 and 64 and a half with USC. I feel like they should be able to get the job done. It's just a question of, can they hold Notre Dame enough times to be able to cover this number? Because I could see this being a little bit of a field goal game. Where do you stand on this? Just because it's a really tricky game, in my opinion, involving just two starkly different teams.
5: Yeah, I mean, USC's my Broncos of college football. I bet against them every week, uh, mainly because of their defense, right? Nobody can stop their offense. It's too good. But their defense, he's not there yet. Lincoln Riley's not even close yet with the defense. He's got to have a couple recruiting classes. Because if you remember, when Clay Helton was there, he had like recruiting classes that were ranking around Louisiana tech. Oh. Uh, that was one of the issues, you know, and it was on the defensive side of the ball and that's not going to change in one year. Um, and, you know, so I had UCLA last week getting plus three and a half. Anytime I can get like four five or more points with USC, I take it because of their defense. There's also always a chance for a backdoor cover, you know, Notre Dame. Uh, they're interesting because they bullied Clemson. They had 260 on the ground against Clemson. That's one of the most, I had Notre Dame that night, but that was one of the most surprising things of the season for me, is them just lining up and pounding the ball at Clemson. They're going to, you know, similar to Michigan and Ohio State, that's what they're going to come to do. They're going to come, they're going to run the ball down USC's throat. Listen, they rank 17th in defense, been pretty good on defense all season. I'm not saying they're going to stop USC, but can they cause a force a punt? Can they cause a turnover? Could be the difference in the game. At five and a half, I took the points. I think Notre Dame can do enough offensively to stay within the number.
6: And when it comes to offense, we haven't seen a ton of it out in the big 10. It's going to be interesting to see what we get in the battle of the Hoosiers state as it is Purdue, it is Indiana and for Indiana. Oh boy, not necessarily been a great season for them, but still a bunch of kids that it feels like they're fighting for a coach that has really done a good job of rallying the troops. And For Purdue, they're finding themselves as a a 10.5-point favorite in this circumstance. Where do you stand on this game? Just because this is a big-time rivalry battle, and typically with rivalry battles like this, I do like to take a little bit of a look at the underdog. This is a very meaningful game for both of these teams, and I feel like with Indiana, even though the results haven't necessarily shown it, they're still fighting for their coach.
5: Yeah, and this is an interesting game. I have Purdue to win the Big Ten West. And man, what happened last weekend, we needed, we needed Minnesota to be Iowa. I mean, imagine Iowa getting an interception in the final minute and bringing it down and kick a field goal. I uh, talk about a team that makes you want to pull your hair out. So now Iowa is in control of its own destiny and they play Nebraska on Friday as a 10 point favorite. If they win that game, Purdue's out of the Big Ten West Championship. You know, I think emotionally that takes a little bit of a toll on their players, especially playing on the road in a rivalry game. Now, listen, maybe Iowa loses, but again, they're a double-digit favorite at home. I, I do think they'll win that game. But either way, you know, Indiana's been better at home than on the road. Uh, it's a, Purdue hasn't really been blowing teams out. If you watch that Northwestern game last week, you know, Northwestern was in it till the end. So I think Indiana, even if Iowa somehow loses to Nebraska on Friday, can stay within the double digits at home.
6: This is such a fascinating game because you've got so many different handicapping angles with it. And when it comes to just rivalry week in general, are you sort of like me and you do lean to some of these underdogs just because you do have so many of these great games being someone from Wisconsin. I know that you've always got Wisconsin versus Minnesota, the battle for Paul Bunyan's to ask ax you're able to just insert your favorite trophy. You're able to insert whatever you have here in terms of a lot of these rivalry games, but With that, do you have any sort of angles that you take a look at in terms of a lot of these big-time rivalry games? Sure.
5: I mean, if you look at, like, the Indiana-Purdue game, like, you know, on the national scene, that might not mean – that doesn't mean much, right? But Indiana hasn't had a great season. So this is something that they can hang their hats on, right? Let's go out, let's beat Purdue. I mean, that's a week of practice where guys are up, you know, they're 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 really, they're not gonna be emotionally down for the game. Now listen, maybe they get beat by 30 because they don't have a lot of talent. But I'm just saying, playing an angle-wise, a lot of these teams who haven't had great seasons, I think. I, I, I like to back in rivalry games Now the opposite end of that is like a team like Texas AM and m who had uh, aspirations of going to the college football playoffs. They're done. The, they, they've packed it in a while ago, right? I mean, they, they had trouble to beat UMass last week. So I don't uh, teams like that. I stay away from, but underdogs teams that are still fighting. Yeah, I think they're a good underdog play during rivalry week.
6: And then we've got one other game that I know that you're on, and this one is going to be for Black Friday, Arkansas versus Missouri. Missouri, a four point underdog for Arkansas. Good aspirations coming into the year. They were ranked in the top 25. Things went haywire for them. And man, you've got a few SEC teams. I'm looking at you, Texas A&M, that really, really underwhelmed this season. But what are you saying on this one? Because once again, big time game here for Missouri, being able to be a little bit of a morale booster. And for Arkansas, tough year for them. This could be perhaps a little bit of a silver lining for them as well.
5: Yeah, I really like Missouri at home getting the four points here. The If you look at Missouri this season at home, they've lost two games, both by four points, to Kentucky and to Georgia. And what's the difference between them and Arkansas? Those two teams have pretty, well, Georgia has a really good defense, Kentucky has a pretty good defense, and that's kind of how you beat Missouri, because Missouri has a a solid defense, especially at home. And I don't think Arkansas is in that class. They give up a lot of yards, they give up a lot of points, so I think Missouri is going to be able to move the ball. I think they have the better defense, getting over a field goal at home, again, this is another one of those nasty, you know, rivalry games. that maybe on the national level, people don't care about, but they're playing for some kind of trophy. I think it's for a pig or something like that. <laughs> they Missouri at home getting the four points. I think they win this game outright.
6: Woo, pig Suey on that one. <laughs> but even though you're on the fade of pig Suey on that front, always oh, just hilarious to take a look at some of these monikers some of these trophies what have you it's a great week of college football and tom i know you do a great job of covering both aspects of football the nfl and college always a pleasure my friend thank you
5: thanks for having me
6: always great to have tom casale of action network aboard and coming in next we go from college football to college basketball as we hit the hardwood next here on the great peterson experience on visa the sports bank network
3: You're experiencing Hoops Peterson himself on VCN,
5: the sports betting network.
6: Calling all soccer fans to lace up your cleats with Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook. With the World Cup now in full swing, it's a perfect time to check out Bet Rivers because if you log into Bet Rivers every single match day, and get a free dollar bet when you place a wager of at least $25. BetRivers has the latest odds, lines, and boosts to create a perfect match day experience. Head on over to BetRivers.com or download the BetRivers app today to get in on all the action as it is a whole new game. We're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience on Visa, the Sports Bank Network. Always great to have Tom Casali aboard, and it is just always great to have all this action. We have ourselves a great Black Friday of college football. NFL this weekend is going to be one of the best cards I've really seen all season long. We've got a lot of good matchups and we've also got a lot in terms of college basketball as well. Now, some of these games that we saw in terms of like the ESPN invitational, that's out there in Kissimmee, Florida, we've got those games that are going on in the battle for Atlantis. You're not going to be finding numbers up on these until the AM typically 4 AM Pacific 5 AM Pacific. Those of you guys out there on the East coast, seven to eight That's when you're going to see very initial openers. Your book might have it up a little bit sooner, a little bit later. All depends. And sometimes you'll have a few games with numbers and you'll have a few games that there are not numbers. Sometimes it's a little bit more difficult to come up with handicaps of these games. So we shall see there. But we have got plenty to choose from as of right now. And I do think that we've got some very interesting tournaments as we go to Place Bell. And if you're wondering where Place Bell is, this is actually going to be played in Quebec, Canada between these two teams. You got two nice mid-majors in Middle Tennessee and Hofstra doing battle 859-860 on the board. It is a pick 'em game with anywhere between 145.5 and 146.5 being your total. And I'm a little bit befuddled as to why we've got a pick game right now in terms of this as with Middle Tennessee, they just aren't the same team this year without Josh Jefferson in the fold. He really was a linchpin for a Middle Tennessee team that I'm sure many of you guys might remember betting on them last season. They were a complete and wagon. A team that was able to make you a whole bunch of money, but you know it has been a team that has been able to make you a whole bunch of money the last few seasons and has really been a top five cover team. If you look at like the last four years, five years, you just a look at historically in this team year in and year out is one of your top cover teams in all of college basketball. That would be Hofstra. The pride of Hofstra. Have In my opinion, the best player out there on the floor. His name is Aaron Estrada. Last season shot about 93%. At the free throw line, he was able to pump it there 15 points, five boards, five assists. Absolutely love what he's able to do for the team. And then for Middle Tennessee, it's a bunch where the whole is greater than the sum of its parts. They're not going to have one guy going to flamethrower mode and give you a whole heck of a lot of something. As a matter of fact, they don't have a single player that's averaging more than 10 and a half points per game. As Cameron Weston, Eli Lawrence, along with Elias King, who are all giving you between 10 and 10 and a half points per contest. You've got pretty much all these guys giving you between four and five rebounds per game. It's just one of these teams where they rely upon everyone doing their job and doing their job quite well. But that also means that when you're in close games, you don't have a go-to score, which that's a little bit of an issue. And that's what they're missing right now in terms of Josh Jefferson. And I mean, the whole is... Not necessarily a hole that does a great job of being able to shoot. they shooting as a collective 29% for three. Now, what they actually are doing a really good job of is hitting the glass. They're allowing six and a half offensive rebounds per game. Despite the fact that they really don't have anyone that's given them more than like five, five and a half rebounds per game. They've been able to do a great job of keeping opponents off the glass. But I do think that Hofstra, they've got just enough to be able to get things going in this spot because on top of what you're able to get out of Aaron Estrada, which he's going to be the main leader of this team all season long. You do have a team that, for one, just has a great coach in general, Speedy Klaxon, If you remember him from the NBA, he's in year number two of the uh, of his coaching regime at Hofstra. He's doing a great job. But then we're getting Tyler Thomas. Thomas, very versatile, six foot three guard that comes in from Sacred Heart. Last season, he was able to notch about 16 points, five boards not a great three-point shooter right now shooting 40% from three. I think that there's going to be a little bit of regression there, but on top of that, Darlson Dunbar down downloads, they will give you seven rebounds per game. Not a team that necessarily goes overly deep in terms of their bench, but a team that I really do like And for Austria, despite the fact that they made zero three pointers against St. Mary's and St. Mary's. If you're taking a look at them, if you're listening to this live, you're able to still fire in on them in terms of their game against Washington. If you're listening to a replay, you know how that game turned out, but that said, they are just a complete underdog wagon right now. Hofstra going to lose the battle on the glass, but I do like this backcourt. I like the way that they are very smart in the top 30 in all of college basketball in, ter- in terms of fewest turnovers on a per possession basis. I do like the pride in this button. I think that when you play a game in Quebec, Canada, it does lead to a little bit of different surroundings. I think that it's going to take it out of these guys a little bit in terms of the way that they are able to fire on all cylinders in terms of their offense. I did set my total at a 139, so I'm looking under. And in this Pickham game, I do like Hofstra. I do think that this is going to be also a very interesting tournament, as well as we head out there to the great state of Florida, where we've got a lot of teams that are going to be taking part in the Emerald Coast Classic. And you've got one team that just has not been able to live up to their billing thus far, honestly. Both of these teams have been disappointments. So. Let's dive into it. 885-886. I was talking about TCU not living up to their billing, but they're going up against California. And Cal is a 12-point underdog. And your total on this game is anywhere between 128 and a half and 129. With TCU, they are still going to be without Damian Baugh. Damian Baugh is serving his suspension. And he's really the guy that was sort of the straw that stirred the drink in terms of the offense, doing a nice job, being able to facilitate, giving out a few assists. So, I liked what I was seeing there, and right now they've been dealing with a little bit of an injury to Mike Miles as well. Last I checked, he was in a boot, and with Mike Miles, he may or may not be able to go in this game. That is TBD. If he does go, he's probably going to be very far from 100%, though, and I think you're starting to get a little bit of value on Cal. Now, what I really like in terms of this game is a little bit of a low-scoring slobber knocker because... Well, you've got a Cal team that plays that one the slowest tempos in all of college basketball. You've got a TCU team that last season, even when they were able to make the NCAA tournament and they won a game in the NCAA tournament, they weren't knocking down threes. It is very much the same for them this season. Now you put them in a neutral court environment, not the most adverse of ones. They're in the great state of California, but that said, I do think that that's going to be a little bit of an issue for them. And what I think is going to be very important. For Cal to be able to hang in this game, that'd be Devin Eskew, a former top 40 recruit that he began his career at Kentucky, was last season at Texas. He's honestly held up his end of the bargain. He's been able to put in there 17 and a half points. He's been giving out four boards, three and a half assists per game now. You'll look at the nearly four turnovers per game that gives you a little bit of pause. Keep in mind, a bad position for, or bad possession for Devin Eskew, that's better than putting the ball in the hands of someone like a Joel Brown, Grant Newell. They just, they don't have much around him at this point. Lars Seaman is someone is right around seven feet tall. He's been able to give the team six and a half rebounds per game, so he's been able to do a solid job. But for TCU, you just don't have guys that are able to throw it in. They do a nice job. In terms of team rebounding, someone like Eddie Lampkin is able to give you six and a half rebounds per game. I like what he's doing for this bunch. You've also been able to have Emmanuel Miller step up 13 and a half points per contest, so all in all, he's been able to do a rock solid job as well. But got a bunch that is Currently in the bottom 20 in terms of three-point shooting percentage in all of college basketball. Got a TCU Bunchet has still been able to do a nice job on defense. They still rank in the top 30 in all of college basketball, as a matter of fact, in terms of opponents' two-point shooting percentage. But not having miles has led to their three-point defense being down a little bit. I think that you're in for somewhat of a sad game. This is not necessarily one of the power conference matchups that is going to be powerful and TCU looking like one of the biggest disappointments here in the early part of the season when they get Damian back along with Mike Miles. And Miles might be in the fold for this one, might not be. I'm sort of handicapping it 50-50 as if he plays, but he's certainly not going to be the Mike Miles that we typically see. So I set Cal as an 11-point underdog. I think at 12, you're starting to get a little bit of value. And just with this total, two very slow teams, a TCU team that is still very solid on defense, a Cal team that they really don't have a lot of outside shooting. I'm going to be taking a look at this total under. And then, We just get a whole bunch of funky tournaments when it comes to places like the Bahamas. And I think that this game is very fascinating in 893, 894, Long Beach State and Oakland. The Oakland Grizzlies are between a four and a half and a five point underdog. Your tolerance game is between 153 and 153 and a half. And with Long Beach State, felt like they should be more like an eight point favorite. If you take a look at Oakland, they have been the Thanksgiving turkey of teams on defense this year in which they have been getting completely roasted. I mean, man, it has not been good for this Oakland defense. They gave up 91 points to a Oklahoma State team that really doesn't shoot it well from three-point range. You take a look at points a lot on a per-possession basis and opponents three-point shooting. We're able to go down the list just in terms of defensive metrics and Oakland won the worst in all of college basketball with, with Oakland or, or with Long Beach State. Anybody able to do a solid job in terms of their offense, of being able to get things flowing up into a trailer down low, should be able to win that battle. And for Oakland, they brought in Rocket Watt to be able to help out this offense, but they forgot what he leaves me desired is something in defense, which is why he couldn't stick around at Mississippi State. I was talking about this bad Oakland defense. There's 363 D1 teams. They rank 363rd in terms of defensive efficiency, like the over and like Long Beach State. And I like giving you guys a tip. When it regards to our VSIN pro tips, VSN.com slash subscribe as we've got one for college football. When it comes to rivalry week, take a look at teams that maybe had a little bit of a tough season, but they're playing a team that is on the border within the same state. Could be a big rubber stamp for their season and a big motivational spot that you want to take note of. And take note of the DK nation pick or the hardwood, as that's gonna be coming up next, right here on the Greg Peterson Experience on vsin, the sports bank network.
3: The warmth of Fredo and the coldness of Michael.
2: To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips.
4: When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a
2: movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The big take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world.
4: We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets